Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports. As always, you can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number five Reason Sports, your home for South Florida sports. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer for SB Nation, joined as always by FAU recruiting analyst Peyton Marinelli. Got a bit of a special pod for you. You know, typically, uh, this guy, he is an institution in South Florida. You can find him at Larry Bluestein. That is Larry B L U S T E I N. But if you're listening to South Florida, you already know who he is at LarryBluestein.com, at Larry Bluestein on Twitter, and the host of the South Florida High School Sports Show uh, weeknights uh, on 560 The Joe. Typically, I'm on the other side of the coin here, but uh, I had to toss him the question. Blue, how's it going, my man? Good, Eric. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you uh, and all the good things uh, in, in what has been kind of a crazy year. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's been a eventful year, one that we certainly are looking to put behind us in 2021 for the sake of all football fans. You know, I mean, it, it's just been it's been rough trying to get consistent football together. So we definitely would like to, you know, keep our fingers crossed, knock on wood. We can come back, redo it in 2021 and things will be back to normal. But for our listeners, what we have going on today, first and foremost, we are taping on Wednesday, December 23rd. So it is currently halftime or maybe coming out of halftime. Shane can let me know of the Montgomery Bowl where FAU is down to Memphis 18 to 0. The current news for FIU is offensive coordinator Rich Skrosky was relieved of his duties earlier this afternoon. We will talk about both the bowl game and offensive coordinator Rich Skrosky, or former FIU offensive coordinator Rich Skrosky, and where the Panthers go from here on future podcasts. The reason we have Blue on is we're, you know, we're swinging for the fences. We are in his wheelhouse. South Florida recruiting. Want to give you guys a bit of an inside look at some of the kids that both FIU and FIU assigned. Without further ado, Shane, our resident FAU analyst, and I, and I, I've neglected to say, you can find Shane's work at the FAU Owls Nest. Shane, have at it. Um, any any and all questions for Blue as far as the kids who are assigned to FAU's class? No, you know, uh, as somebody who chits chats uh, with uh, Larry Bluestein on the sideline for a couple dozen games when our paths cross, either at Trash Pow or Tropical Park or somewhere else in the state. It's, you know, it's uh, good to, you know, finally get him on. But, you know, uh, you know, I think initially, Larry, it just, I think, big picture for both fan bases. As someone who's been covering high school football and seeing also the evolution of FAU and FIU, um, have, what have you kind of noticed and seen the kids that are signed with FAU compared to, you know, maybe kids that signed five years ago? 10 years ago, 15 years ago, just that, you know, could you easily say that the type of athletes these schools are getting has just really progressed in your eyes? Well, you know what, Shane, I'll tell you, when you take a look at somebody like uh, Elaine Kiffin coming in and, and then bringing this program up to date, you know, it, it was like a an old bathroom, you know, you, you have to bring it up to date to, with the rest of the house and I think that's what happened. And then started the ball rolling and everybody figuring 
hey, listen, FAU's for real. I mean, they're playing. I mean, and if you remember the year that he ended that, uh, I think, three years ago when they ended the season, um, no doubt that he, I mean, you kept thinking to yourself, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? He's going to run. If he decides to stay in Boca Raton, he's going to run everybody out of the league. You know, I mean, he was so innovative on offense. And I think that got the ball rolling. And, and, and it's kind of followed, you know, with, with this uh, group, uh, uh, you know, of coaches who've been there, done that because you got to figure, you know, these, you know, these kids are still young enough where, where they remember, you know, when Willie was at Oregon and, you know, most, a lot of maybe were kids, younger kids when he was at USF, maybe had a brother or a cousin that played over there for him. So I think a lot of that, you know, respect for, you know, what he's bringing or what I should say, what he's continuing to do, because, you know, you got to give Lane Kiffin, like you give Howard Schnellenberger, you know, a great bit, bit of gratitude because they both uh, picked the program up, uh, you know, when it was really down or when it had no direction. So, yeah, I think that's what got, got a kick started now. And, and I think that, Willie Taggart and his people think that they should be in on every recruit, no matter what it was. And I remember Mario Cristobal had that same type of mindset when he was down here. Whether you're going to get him or not is irrelevant, but the very fact that you show up everywhere where Alabama and Miami and FSU are, it's uh, it's good to see. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And, you know, I I guess, you know, uh, first of all, as someone who probably has, uh, you know, who speaks to almost every high school coach uh, in the state, uh, you know, what is, is it, you kind of see, you know, where they're almost talking about FAU and talking to their kids in a different light about the program. And even FIU to that extent, as you know, maybe they did 10 years ago, just in the growth and you know, the type of athlete that's heading there. I mean, is there just still kind of, is, would you feel that the, these coaches are about keeping these kids home and sending them to these schools? Uh, you know what? I mean, we had, you know, for so long down here, and it wasn't really, I mean, I'd say within the last 20 years is when it started growing collegiately. We never really had that many programs who played football. So now that you have more and more and you have the FAUs and the FIUs and the, and the West Floridas and the, you know, those type of schools, I think it's a great thing because now you could be in Pe- Pensacola and be at a Booker T. Washington Niceville game up there and someone's going, hey, I just got offered uh, by FAU. I mean, and here you're talking almost 700 miles away in the same state. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, in Jacksonville, they've always uh, done well. Um, you know, I think they've gotten two, three, four kids here here and there for Jacksonville. The only thing that I've all, all, ever criticized FAU for is not recruiting that well in Palm Beach County. Uh, they would wait for kids to come back or, you know, like uh, like the Dante Cousard, you know, who came back, I believe. He was somewhere before and – I just wanted them to attack kids there. And I always said, if you always get, if you get one kid from Pahokee and one kid from Belle Glade Central every year, you'll have a cycle of eight of them. And you, and those people love to watch football and they love to come and support their kids. And, and I always felt, you know, that would be a really good thing. I think you need to tap into, you know, right in your own area. And they started to with Northern Broward and, and, and into the Treasure Coast. 
Yeah, and you know, so let's just hop into a couple kids' names, and it's one thing, you know, when I speak on them, but you know, it's another thing when you speak on them. But we can start right with Palm Beach County and some of the kids they have committed, and just you know, I don't know how in tune you are with just all the commitments, yeah. but you know, they've got kids out of Broward, like you know, Anthony Earl and uh, Jabari Hill, or you know, um, yeah, yeah, well, you know, on board with FAU. So yeah, I'll tell you what, Anthony Earl has a chance to be extremely special. Here's a guy that didn't get a lot of. You know, a lot of play uh, early on, um, outstanding football talent, big kid. Uh, you know, he moves extremely well, smart, very intelligent. He's always always getting pushed on the, you know, from de- from uh, stellar defensive guys. Yeah, I like him a lot, a lot, a lot. And, you know, as we know is, you know, right now, I think, I think the count's officially uh, 12 kids from uh, the Tri-County area. And, nice. um and for FAU, but you know, as well as I do, if you're going to recruit down here, there's a couple schools you definitely have to get players at. And that's the West or Miami central Uh, FAU has a couple from the West this year and Saburi Mobley and Okino King. What are uh, your kind of thoughts on those guys? Those two guys are steals. I just said it from the beginning. I mean, they, people don't realize Mobley is a big time back. He's, you know, he's got size, he's got strength, he's got speed. Um, the only thing he lacks is his playing time over the last couple of years. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time this past year because he split time with, you know, two other pretty decent backs. And then they had an abbreviated season. And then the year before at New Orleans, he was, you know, they were, they were trying so many different things. But, I mean, he, to me, I always call him, I call him my Porsche because he still has those miles, uh, you know. So when he gets in that, in that next level, I mean, he's not worn down. He wasn't asked, you know, like uh, like uh, Thad Franklin was asked to carry the ball 45 times a game sometimes. Well, he wasn't ever asked like that. So he's a steal, and I'll tell you what, Okino King to me, he's, I thought he was a power five kid. I really did. I think maybe he was a step slow and maybe just a, a couple of inches too short in some people's eyes. But I'm telling you what, from productivity and always being, I mean, he's, he's a guy that you want as a, as a, as an offensive line coach, because he already goes through the rigors of what, of what uh, Northwestern has, and they have great offensive line people there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, as soon as I saw those two names pop up, I said, wow, you know, good job, whether it was Samuel or whoever recruited them. Great job. Uh, And, uh, you know, another kid who, and I want to see if you agree with me on the kid I'm, and he's enrolling early at FAU to get here in January on a receiving core that desperately needs players, I think is the ultimate steal for FAU out of the Tri-County area. I mean, I think all the power fives in the state are going to look back in three years and be like, wait, why didn't we get this kid? And that is uh, Jamal Adreen out of Fort Lauderdale High School. I, I, oh. I, I, uh, <laughs> he is my, I, I, I can rave about, I could probably do a whole podcast raving about how talented this kid is and, I just I want to see how much if you agree with me to that extent. Uh, let me tell you something. Here's here's the per, perfect example of a kid who hadn't been seen live in 13 months, where he grew two and a half to three inches and gained almost 30 pounds. I saw him at the beginning of this season, and I didn't even recognize him. I'm telling you. 
this kid, this kid. Now I know it's a little far fetched, but he's got all the things it takes right now with his speed, with his athleticism. He's spent a lot of time in the weight room getting stronger to play at the next level and, and do well at the next level. And I think at FAU, he's going to have an opportunity. They like playmakers. Yeah. No, I agree with you a hundred percent because, but very few people understand that what can happen in a growth period of 13 months, especially when you're 17 years old. So you could grow, you could, you know, you could spurt up really quick and that's what happened with him. He was never this tall before. I watched him last year. He was okay, but now he became, you know, this is the thing I keep telling people, the thing that has been so tough because there was no spring, there was no summer, there were no camps, there were no combines, there were no seven on sevens, which usually help you gauge the growth and maturity of kids. You know, I mean, you, it's not going to tell you a lot what they do in pads if they're not in pads, but I'm just saying you get a, you get a chance to keep an eye on them. But, but now, imagine we are close to these kids and we don't see them, so there's no way the college coaches see them. So, they're, yeah, a kid like that is going to really stand out and everyone's going to go, how the hell did Miami pass him over? Well, because he wasn't Miami's type of guy when he was 6'1 and 165 and 170. Larry, and just kind of my, I guess, question, this is, I guess, we go for both schools. You know, and now that FAU and FIU have, you know, been playing for each almost 20 years and have some alumni. And it kind of made me think about this question. I was at uh, Miramar Atlantic high school game a couple weeks ago. And there was actually a couple, there was actually a couple FAU alumni at the game, you know, Atlantic high school up the street from FAU. How much, right. how important is it, especially at these high schools, Miami central Booker T Washington, Miramar, you know, all these powerhouses in South Florida that have a lot, you know, that, uh, you got to have some influence. Now that FAU has some alumni from them and you have kids on the sideline that are like, I went to FAU talking to kids. How important is that in your eyes that that, that we've kind of have, finally have a generation where we can see that with FAU players? Yeah, it's got to yeah, help a lot. Yeah, well, I think it's got to help a lot. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it helps at FIU in the same vein because of the fact that they have a, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, with, especially with Ice Jr., Coach Harris's son, you know, who's been a really underrated, uh, you know, recruiter for a couple of different coaches over there. So, yeah, I, I think it really helps. And, it, it, you know, what what's happening now is FAU is playing um, a tough schedule outside of their own, uh, you know, conference. They're taking on, you know, they've never, but the school's never been afraid to play a Florida or Miami or whatever they have to play just to, you know, just to get some revenue in there and also, you know, let the kids play some big time football. You know, I mean, not to say that, you know, Middle Tennessee State or those schools aren't, but, you know, it's a little bit, you know, while it might be daunting to go into Death Valley, it's also neat to, to, to see 75,000 people. You know, because a lot of those kids and, and then see the check on Monday. And, uh, you know, so to me, those are always good, good recruiting tools. And, uh, you know, that that one year where Appalachian State used Michigan for that revenue and beat them. So you never, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And Larry, just kind of my final question from my end. You see this and, and I've always said this, right? There, there is enough talent for every school in the state of Florida to be really good and 
Uh, do you kind of agree with that premise? Is FAU and FIU can even keep the kids? Not a, you know, not even what the, the kids are competing with. They're going to Florida or Miami, or even the kids that go to Alabama or Clemson. If they're keeping the kids away from the Rutgers, the Iowa States, the uh, Indianas that come down here and try and swipe up kids, uh, there's enough talent for right for every school in the state to be like a UCF, be win nine, ten, twelve games every year. Even if the power, even if the big three are getting theirs. Well, here's an example. Yeah, last year there were 435 quote unquote Division One athletes that came out of all of Florida. 431. So you Jeez. figure <laughs> if you put if you put 25 on every just all those 25 were on a roster uh, this year from every single one of those schools, you still won't reach that. So there's plenty to go around for everybody. And it doesn't bother me that Indiana walks away with 32 kids from the state or Louisville or any of those schools. As long as schools like Miami and Florida, Florida State, those schools keep the guys that they want. And Miami started too. I mean, you can't, you know, this thing worked out pretty good for Miami this year because of the fact that, uh, because you had the pandemic and a lot of parents uh, of the kids and even the kids would say, you know what, we, you know, it's probably safer to just stay close to the home, you know, right now, rather than go someplace you don't know. And at least this environment's good. And also for the fact that in the last 13 months, again, they weren't, you know, legally <laughs> supposed to go to any campuses or talk to any coaches or, you know, meet them face to face or this or that. Uh, so that's what makes it a little bit more mysterious in the whole thing that they were handicapped in their recruiting. So it was, um, you know, it's never easy and, uh, that that's what happens and, uh, not just, you know, I mean, at every school, but I was, uh, yeah, this has really put us, put, put everybody in a hole. Uh, now, uh, the fact that uh, the NCAA is allowing these players, if they w- would like another year. So what does that do that back up? You know, then when you go in that living room and you were going to say, well, you know what the year after next, uh, our best guys leaving. Now you're going to go, well, two years after that, you can't, you see it's somewhere it's going to, and you know, at some schools, they've been, there's positions that have been waiting for that pecking order. And if you keep somebody around another year, it kind of, kind of slows up the development of the program, but it just, in my opinion, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody has their own take on something like that, but I just think you just, with attrition, and you just keep moving. Yeah, um, but here's just my my question I want to start off with first, Blue, is, you know, I want your just general opinion in terms of, and to pick up where Shane left off, when you have the schools, I'll use Conference USA schools as an example, your Middle Tennessees and Marshalls and other schools like that that come down here and able to pick up kids. And I want to emphasize that this is the opinion of one Eric Henry who covers FIU and is on the road and has to spend the night in Murfreesboro, Tennessee or Bowling Green, Kentucky. And not, right. the opinion, not the opinion of Larry Bluestein. I want to make this clear. But um, what do you just the, the impression you get from from, you know, recruits and student athletes and the high school level as to why they're taking those offers? Because no disrespect to any of those towns. 
uh, I, as a native Floridian, a native of Tampa and someone who, who went to school at UCF, I'm not necessarily fond of those schools or fond of those those towns that the only meal available is Waffle House after 8 p.m. So I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on on maybe, you know, some of the kids who are leaving South Florida and taking some of those, not the Miamis, the Florida, the Florida states, but taking those G5 offers from a Marshall or Middle Tennessee and what may be the appeal in that? Well, the appeal too, Eric, is, is you got to remember that maybe the FAUs and the FIUs weren't really recruiting them or weren't pressing them at the time. And then all of a sudden they go someplace and blow up and everyone goes, wait, wait a minute. How come FAU and FIU didn't take him? But there are instances like that. Other times they whiff and they, you know, they go, well, you know, they, they probably evaluate them wrong. And, and I, that happens all the time. Um, it's, you know, it's never any malice. I'm sure they don't, Oh, well, I don't want that kid here. You know, I just think that the very fact is, is that, um, sometimes it can, also, you got to look at, at the athletes uh, side of things and maybe they've lived down here all their life and lived in Westchester <laughs> all their <laughs> life and would like to go to Tennessee, in Murfreesboro. Maybe that may be a Mecca for them, you know, after being in, uh, in some parts of South Florida. So, you know, I understand it. And, you know, you you always look like the the quarterback Nick Vadiato at at a true prep. I mean he's going to Middle Tennessee State, and to me, I mean you figure, oh, wow, that guy could at least he could go to Vandy. I mean he's smart, he throws, he makes everything, you know. And, and to me, I mean here's a guy that's ending up in a place like you just said, uh, you know Murfreesboro, which is not you know the mecca of the world. And uh, but there are reasons, you know, there are reasons where you know, where people fit in, you know, and, and, and maybe he, at the time that he did go there, it, it appealed to him, you know, and then I can't tell you what, you know, but I can tell you that that's the reason. And, and, and there's a lot of times, like I said, that FIU may not offer a kid. I mean, I've, you know, called a couple of coaches down there and, and wondered, and, you know, when I put out that thing about the Jeter, after, uh, you know, when they could declare and he had nobody offer him. And then all of a sudden, a couple of schools had hit me up and they go, don't worry, we'll take care of it. <laughs> and FIU did. Like I said, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Patiato said, let's get uh, the Florida schools are going to regret letting walking. Yeah, yeah. He's a special kid. Uh, no doubt. But, you know, it's not the first one. And it won't be the last. So, you know, you got to just roll with it. And, you know, he understands and he moves on and he creates his own path and uh, he'll do real well. And I'm sure, you know, uh, because he's a structured kid that, that got better every year. You know, he didn't regress. You know, I've seen kids that burst out as ninth graders and they don't get any better. Like I said, I want to sneak two more questions in there with Blue before we go ahead and let him go. And once again, I want to thank Blue for making the time to come on. Uh, really quick, just as a broad, another broad question for you, and I think a lot of FIU fans would be curious of this. What is the sense that you get where FIU is as a program in terms of recruiting, not in terms of, you know, the wins and losses per se? Yeah. You and I both know, as I've come on and said on your show, the, the momentum after UM, that's lost. You can't get that back, right? But just in terms of where they are as a program in terms of, recruiting and being able to walk in households in South Florida. What's the impression that you get? Well, the impression I get is that they're recruiting extremely well. It's just that right now they're not getting enough of what, you know, of certain positions. And, and, and what I think that bothers Butch the most, because, you know, 
Look at they've come away with the last couple of years, just maybe even in the running back position with Flex Joseph, with Peterson, who still has an opportunity to be a big time back. He's a huge kid, you know what I mean? And now, and, and, and then you got Owens. And then in this cycle, you, you know, you got, uh, you, I mean, you got the kid from Carroll city. Who's a beast Jeter. Who's a, who's a big, I, I thought he's a big 10 kid. And here he is at FIU, uh, you know, so, I think FIU puts the pieces together. I like the concept of, of getting maybe until you find a quarterback that can play for you over the stretch to get a guy who's a gapper for a year, you know, like did Dibble Morgan and they've done in the past uh, a couple of – they've got to play, to me, the great evener in the whole college football spectrum now is the transfer portal. It really is. You could look at Miami. they got five kids and they, they won eight and two. You know, without those five kids, they're not eating two. I can guarantee it right now. So that's what I'm trying to say. You take a look at, and if you play everything right and you recruit right, then you could start using your recruits. It's like a minor league baseball or a major league baseball set setting where you go and get free agents as opposed to building through your farm system. And you could do both, uh, you know, and I think FI, that's what they're trying to do, bring the younger kids in. But if they have an option to bring in a veteran player, why wouldn't you? Because they could teach, they could, you know, they're already two, three years ahead, they're mature. Uh, I think it's a win-win. And here's my final question for you, Blue, and to kind of piggyback off of your point, if you're an FIU fan, you have to feel confident in the fact that some of the South Florida kids that you're bringing in are making impacts immediately. Some of the kids you mentioned, like Flex Joseph, Sean Peterson Jr. before his injury, unfortunately, we have to see how he's able to come back. But uh, the kid out of Boyd Ennis and the tight end, Rivaldo Fairweather, they're making immediate impacts as freshmen. And to spin it to the 2021 class, I know a lot of FIU fans will have questions about the linebacking core. They're going to lose Jamal Gates, potentially lose Jamal Gates with the option some of the seniors can return. Um, Jamal Gates and Tyson Maeva, the two starting linebackers are seniors. So let's say, for example, if they do leave, they brought in two linebackers, one kid out of Hallandale and Gaithan Bernadal and the other kid, uh, inside linebacker out of Northwestern and Amari McCray. What are FIU fans getting in both of those players? Athletes who have a lot of experience, both of them. Both of them have played for since they were in varsity ninth grade. Um, McCray started at North Miami after a great youth football career, was a star right off the bat uh, with a really good team. Um, uh, you know, one of those extremely talented kids. Um, who had, who's, who just got bigger and bigger and he, he, he had those instincts and then he went to and had, I believe, two good years over at Northwestern. And, um, I mean, I'm in mean, here, you know, you take a look at the, uh, you know, a kid like that and uh, it's amazing. And Bernadal came in right after his brother graduated. So it was an extension. He had watched his brother for two, three years at Hallandale. Then he became the guy at a four-year starter. So you have two kids that have combined for eight years of high school football uh, at the varsity level and playing some pretty good teams. So those, both of those guys alike, uh, those are the type of guys that FIU needs to get and get more of. Uh, you know, like, you know, I talk to a lot of the people about what's wrong with some of these programs and it's always a depth issue. And that's where Butch needs to address. He needs to, you know, keep his board, you know, stock with kids where, you know, and, and, and okay, let's face it. We're not playing for the national title. So it, it, with that in mind, you know, cause the objective 
as a, of a power five team is to always play for the national title. So you have to stack up, but for an FIU, uh, to me, I think a nine win season and a, and a bowl win, a 10 win season and maybe a conference championship. What's wrong with that? I, you know, to me, what's wrong with that? If you go 10 and three or, you know, on the overall, nothing, because that means those three losses are most likely coming from, you know, the, the, the power five or the, or, or uh, larger division one schools, and you're taking care of business in your own division. And that's what you need to do. And I would take a 10 and three record every single, every single year. Listen, fans of this podcast can tell you blue. I am someone who has preached about there's nothing wrong with a nine or 10 win year. I know a lot of FAU fans will feel optimistic and say that, Hey, we should be shooting for the stars. Uh, one yeah. of the things you know, blue really quick. I know Shane just texted me. He has one more. Can you work one more in for Shane really quick? Or yeah, go, 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 go. Go ahead, Shane. Well, I also want, you kind of mentioned thing with the transfer portal. I want to understand what you see. You've seen a lot of these kids, these South Florida kids go, to power five programs and now have come back to FAU and FIU. I think it's going to be adverse advantage. You know, we saw FIU get a Henry gray FAU just landed John Dunmore um, yeah. out of the portal. And these kids still have three, four years of eligibility. I do think, I think this could be a major game changer for our programs. Um, do you kind of agree with that? Well, I'll tell you, Shane, the, to tell you the truth in, in that context is it, I think it's going to work extremely well as a combination because if you have guys coming back, you know, and, and, and let's say they're freshmen and, and then they've used that one year um, with combined with the kids from the transfer portal combined with the incoming, uh, you know, high school kids, that's how you build a team. You know, that in the, in the 2000, in, in 2021, that's how you build a college football team because no longer can you just recruit unless you're Alabama and win. Uh, you just can't. You got to have help. You got to have help from the outside because you just lost three safeties. So you need a guy who's 21 years old, has been around, whether he's great or not, it's insignificant, but he's, he's a vital kid, you know, for a lot of reasons. So that's, yeah, I agree. I think the combination is going to really make it, and it's going to continue to up the talent level at FIU, FAU, to the point where when they play a Penn State one year, they could bite them in the butt. As I said, you can find Larry Bluestein on Twitter at Larry Bluestein, B-L-U-S-T-E-I-N. The man is an institution in South Florida and all of high school sports, or excuse me, high school football recruiting in the state <laughs> of Florida, and also a fellow UCF Knight. So he's a man after yeah. my heart in that regard there. Uh, Blue, I want to thank you very much for coming on. And uh, anything I missed or anything else I need to let you promote or that I pretty much well covered at that no, point? No, that's fine. You guys did awesome. You could also hit LarryBluestein.com. Um, you know, it's, it's, we do day Broward stuff. It's a lot. It's yeah, it's, it's insane. You go to it and there's, there's something every single day, um, player features, everything, rankings, stuff, good stuff for Dayton Broward. And we do our prep red zone, Florida now, which is really done extremely well as far as promoting the kids as well. And that's it. And Merry Christmas to you guys. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And we'll talk to you uh, soon. Appreciate it, Blue. And like I said, as always, right, you can guys. find him on the South Florida High School Sports Show on 560 The Joe. Every, every, every Monday night. Every Monday night, 68. Yeah, 68 every Monday night. 
And then every Friday morning, 720 to 740 with Joe Rose. There you go. You might even hear my voice a time or two chopping it up with yes. you. <laughs> you bail me I, out. You bail me out. You bail me out. All uh, right, we can guys, take, thanks. All right, Blue. Go ahead. Take it easy, brother. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. And as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. You can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. Find the great Shane Marinelli. He, he after this appearance, he deserves the label of great. He did a hell of a job breaking down FAU recruiting for all you guys who think he's just, you know, sitting there crapping off. He is out there pounding the pavement, covering recruiting in a way that yours truly isn't. So please respect Shane's grind. You can find him on Twitter at Marinelli Shane, and you'll probably find Shane and I at Bo Campers. Uh, Spending uh, copious amounts of time uh, doing things that we do. So with that, with that, uh, no further ado, thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Everyone stay safe. Find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. And like I said, the next episode, we will cover the Montgomery Bowl and we will cover uh, FIU offense corner Rich Skrowski's dismissal. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching, everybody, and stay safe.